Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. All right, welcome into the scoop. As I said, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, we are joined by Don Callahan, Inside Carolina's recruiting guru. We are back with a new episode. Don, what's going on, man? Not too much. Got some serious stuff to handle after this podcast, but beyond that, just uh, <laughs> happy to get this rolling. Serious stuff that you don't want to let the public know about. Well, I got a traffic ticket. <laughs> it's not really all that exciting. Don's gonna go to court. Yeah. As I fix the thing here. Um, we are live here, not live, but you know, we're recording here Wednesday morning about 8 45, uh, rainy Wednesday in Chapel Hill. Um got a lot to talk about. Big visit weekend um last weekend for UNC. UNC got a football commitment. Uh, we're gonna chop it up here, update y'all with all the UNC football recruiting news. Um and any updates from you personally, other than the the traffic ticket ticket and court appearance? I don't think so. Just the normal, you know, had to handle all the stuff that happened with with the weekend. A lot of visitors, as you mentioned, UNC had a commitment on Monday that came from that visit. We'll get into that. Um, pretty boring. What about you? What's what's going on in Ross's world? Nothing. All all basketball right now. Let's get into it. Uh, we pull up our notes here. Um, bad radio. All right. And, um, so let's start with the commitment. First of all, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast. We're on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And remember, this is brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. All right. On Monday, UNC landed a commitment from Evan Bennett. He is the first commitment of the 2024 class of the Tar Heels out of Gatewood High School in Edenton, Georgia. He is unranked right now. He is the first commitment out of the 2024 class, linebacker, 6'3", 210. Um, I guess, Don, did you see this coming? Your initial thoughts when it happened? Um, Because I'd never heard this guy's name until he committed. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew that North Carolina was a school that he really liked. He, he initially visited back in November for the Georgia Tech game, and that's where he was offered by North Carolina. And then him returning, um, obviously a good sign. Yeah, he, UNC at that point was his only offer. So obviously if he was going to make a move, it had to be North Carolina. Liberty ended up offering him the day that he announced his, his commitment publicly, but that obviously was a non-factor. Um, so... I mean, you know how this is. I mean, we get the heads up on on these things ahead of time. So seeing it coming is always kind of strange, uh, strange question for me. But I mean, I didn't, you know, I think in the beginning of the year, if you would have asked me, you know, who's going to commit, he probably wouldn't have been on my list just because, you know, he's obviously a guy I knew, I knew North Carolina was interested in, but there just wasn't a whole lot of buzz around him. Yeah. So uh, what is UNC getting with Evan Bennett? You know, you can only take so many linebackers, you know, usually – two per class roughly um and, and this is one of them so i guess unc's prioritizing him to a certain extent what are they getting from him um what do you see where you project him as a tar heel etc 
So he is your classic, you know, big fish, small pond situation. He plays in, in the um, independent league in Georgia. Um, he's basically in the middle of nowhere. You know, when you watch his film, he's clearly the biggest kid on the field in, in just about every clip. And because of that, you know, he naturally plays just about everywhere for his high school, plays running back, plays uh, uh, wide receiver, plays um, linebacker, obviously, which is where North Carolina is recruiting him for, um, just kind of all over the place. You know, I'm sure you, if you spend any time on the message boards, you've seen his Twitter, his Twitter pictures. You know, he's um, has definitely worked on his physique. <laughs> Looks like he has hardly any body fat whatsoever. Um, and uh, but, you know, you, that that work ethic off the field, you watch him on the field. He's kind of a, a very, very raw prospect. So he's a guy that has some athleticism, obviously has some um, strength, has the work ethic. So it's a matter of kind of molding that for North Carolina. Yeah, this is not a, a Atlanta suburbs guy. He is no. um, he is kind of between Atlanta, East of Atlanta, kind of in the middle between Atlanta, Macon, and Augusta. Right yeah. there in the middle, a bunch of lakes there as I look at it. South of Greensboro, Georgia. Um, yeah, I, I was on his Twitter. I, he is ripped for a junior in high school. Um, so that's exciting for those who are in well, it, I mean, it's not like it's not like stacked. It's more like when you know he just doesn't look like he has any body fat whatsoever. Yeah, a lot of veins. A lot of veins. Yeah, yeah, a lot of veins, and you know. <laughs> okay. But like you know when he. Yeah, you know, we had pictures of him at the basketball game, and you wouldn't yeah. think that this he was muscle bound. He just looks like a normal kid, sort of great, thing. Great it's the best point. way to kind of explain it. Can you yeah. imagine like his family listening to this podcast? <laughs> but yeah, this guy's got a lot of veins. <laughs> um, okay, so I see how we can phrase this. Were you surprised that this guy was kind of a a take this early? Maybe he has no, he has his only offers are Liberty and UNC. Like he doesn't have Georgia Tech. He doesn't have, um, you know, even like a Georgia Southern or a Georgia State, you know, the schools you would think would all like, you know, how North Carolina recruits usually have like Charlotte um, and maybe, you know, Elon or App State before the big dogs come and offer. Are you surprised by lack of offers for this guy in correlation with with UNC offering up, uh, accepting his his commitment? Yeah, I mean, so it's always that age old sort of debate with recruiting is like you want to obviously have your coaching staff take players that they like based off of their evaluations only, which obviously this falls into, but then you always worry that, you know, when it comes to football recruiting, it's, it's somewhat of a market and the market, there is a level of efficiency to it. And the market right now, based off of his offers, doesn't speak highly of him. Um, now, he's in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm sure a lot of schools are, are going to or have, a, you, know, you know, once he announced his, his commitment, turn on his film to check to see if they missed out on something or, or maybe he slipped through the cracks or that sort of thing. So maybe he could get some, some um, more offers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's just kind of like, obviously North Carolina felt like he was worthy of it but the market doesn't match that at this point. Yeah. If that makes sense. Is that, did that yeah. make sense or was I kind of just up and around? Okay. That was a good way to phrase it. We'll see if more of us come in or people just stop recruiting him. You know, the good thing is he has the size, um, mm -hmm. six, three, if, I don't know if that's legit or not, but probably at least six, two, um, you know, big, long, he's going to play that middle linebacker, right? Middle linebacker, outside linebacker. kind of. Yeah. I mean, UNC basically is using those, you know, those two linebackers as inside yeah. linebackers and he'll play one of those roles. Yeah, and he has the distinction of being UNC's first 2024 commitment. Um, that's exciting for him. And anything else you want to say about Evan Bennett? Yeah, so I ran the, the Q&A on him last night. Um, would love to have ran it much sooner, but we had the weekly scoop and had to work on that, and that was massive, which we'll get into a little bit here and there um, throughout this podcast. So that obviously took precedent over uh, transcribing that that Q&A but talking to him gr absolutely great kid I think from a personality standpoint uh, was a, a a great first commitment he wants to recruit for UNC he's going to be a guy who's going to reach out 
and it just very likable right off the jump when we first started talking. So I think he's a great, um, from a personality standpoint, a great first commitment for North Carolina. Did you see me almost fall in my chair? I did. I was trying oh. to, I was trying to hold it together while, uh, while <laughs> you were trying to, why, why didn't you just push the mute button? Yeah, or was the sneeze just that so powerful that? Well, I'm, I'm on this stu- like little rolly stool. It's not very stable, and then I, I I was trying to get out of the you know the mic out of the way to sneeze, and uh, <laughs> lost my footing. That would have been that would have been um a great blooper clip if you would have fallen. You probably would have cut it out though. Yeah, that's right. All right, so good stuff there from you on Bennett. Um, we once you see what happens with him. You get more offers, you know, very early in the stages of the 2024 class. All right. On that note, the next episode of the scoop, which will be in two weeks, we're going to try to do this every two weeks. Um, where is going to be our big 2024 preview, um, of that recruiting class, th- that cycle for UNC. So get excited for that. We'll do something like Don's top 10 targets, um, top 15 targets or whatever, uh, most desired, you know, kind of get you familiar with, who UNC is recruiting in this class, maybe like most likely commitments and that kind of situation. We'll have a little plan there. So the next episode you listen to of the scoop will be the 2024 uh, class preview from the UNC football recruiting side. Sound good, Don? Sounds fabulous. Okay, let's go ahead and get the ad read out of here, and then we will go into the more uh, the bulk of the podcast here. We're going to go into some of the visits over the weekend, a look at a little bit of what Don uh, told us on the weekly scoop. The weekly scoop is full of information a lot of 2024 updates on players who visited so if you are an inside carol subscriber check that out and speaking of inside carol subscribers if you are an ic subscriber you get 10 percent off um all your purchases at johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com that's inside carolina's podcast sponsor on franklin street and online at johnny t-shirt.com it's a one-stop shop for all your unc apparel needs Got baseball season coming up, basketball season's in full swing. Get your jerseys, get your t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, anything you need on Franklin Street at johnnytshirt.com. If you're getting UNC stuff, you might as well get it from a local independent company that values um, your customer service, supporting independent companies like us, and as part of the community like Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Remember, all inside the account subscribers get 10% off. Find that code on the message boards. Tar Pit Premium or UNC Basketball Premium Message Boards. Get that code. Um, tell them IC sent you. And then make your purchase at Johnny T-Shirt at JohnnyT-Shirt.com. We appreciate their support, and we appreciate your support of them. And a couple national ads, and we'll be back with more of the Scoop podcast featuring Don Callahan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. Don, let's get into a question that a uh, longtime listener, Jeff Joyce, out of the Asheville area, asked me. Um, Jeff actually works at at Christ School, Asheville Christ School. I will actually be at Christ School at some point within the next couple of months. <laughs> so months, so vague. You should hang out with Jeff. I don't know if he wants to meet his heroes, but <laughs> like, like like Wayne House and Jeff Joy, you know, they're all fans of Don Callahan. I um, don't even know it. So I was told, I was, you know, he was telling me about they have a couple big time um, football Beautiful groups. campus, by the way, at Christ School. Yeah, a little... Uh, a little scoop here. I interviewed there for a teaching job. Did you really? So you've yeah. seen, yeah, that campus is, is beautiful. Yeah. Back when I was uh, looking for teaching jobs. Oof. What did you teach? I ended up teaching uh, middle Sex school. Ed? No. Middle school U.S. history in, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and coached basketball. So I was applying to a lot of schools across the state in the mountains. I, I was looking at the national area a lot, and they brought me in for like a, it was like a day-long interview. I met, met with like eight people. Wow, an eight there. I remember Marshall Plumley was who's the, who played at Duke was was a student there at the time. I remember seeing him. He was like seven foot tall. Did Any, did you get the job? I did not. Mm. I think that those are pretty teaching yeah. at a board, boarding school like that. It's pretty yeah, a pretty good job. It's pretty competitive. And I was like 25, 26. All right. Anyway, they have two um pretty highly recruited guys right now. I guess in the junior class and Mac visited there Monday. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that little scoop on the on the page there. So he asked me, I thought it was kind of a good question to kind of lead to this discussion. In these January visits that Mac and the assistant coaches are making, this is a contact period. Is that uh, right? So it's a con yeah, so it's a contact period for seniors. So for guys like the two that you reference at Christ School, which is uh, Caden Jones and Khalil Connolly, they're juniors, so it's not it's not contact for them. It's just an evaluation period. It's an evaluation period. You go to the campus, talk to the coaches. You cannot contact the players. Correct. You could Correct. contact the seniors if you're still yes. making your rounds there. Yes. So on these, so it's a little, it's a little visit period here in January, right? Um, what does it mean when Mac? Because he can only make so many visits, right? Yeah. How does that work? What does it mean for Coach Brown to visit your school? Um, does it show that those guys are priorities in 24 class? Does he go to a school that has a lot of recruits? Is he? What's the strategy here? Um, and also, how many visits does Mac get? How many visits do the assistant coaches get? Is it as many as you can get in the time frame? How does it all work? So now I always give the caveat that I'm not a NCAA rules expert because the rule book is very complicated. It's always changing. Uh, so usually when I write up a story, I always kind of call a couple people who I who I know know this stuff pretty well and just make sure I have it on on um on point with what I'm reporting but I obviously don't have them here with me so th- there's the caveat the disclaimer um so during this period assistant coaches can visit a school um once a week visit with recruits once a week but the um the head coach only gets one visit period. Yeah. So the assistant one coach visit is, to that school, to that school period. Yes. To During each, per period. Well, well, one visit, one, it's one visit per prospect, but I think it just ends up being one per school just because it's, it, it gets a little complicated, but let's just say one visit per school just to keep it simple whether that's the, the rule or not, but it basically is the rule. And, and, so, and how long is this period in January? It's, it's for, for January. So this actually began back in, what was it? Um, let me see if I have it here. Um, this contact period began in, I don't have it here. Or right, hold on. Um, began, I think, in November. Um, so this is just a, an extension of that. The, the holiday dead period kind of falls in the middle of that and breaks it up. But basically for January, it's just these three weeks where um, I think it was um, well, basically the, the prior two weeks and then this week. 
um, right. where, where they can, they can actually, coaches can go on the road. So when you talk about assistant coaches in a lot of these situations, it's, um, you're gathering information, you know, cause they are, they're, they're obviously going to schools of recruits that they know about and that they're checking in on. And they basically kind of just want to be seen, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of like checking in on underclassmen that they don't know about and gathering transcripts, especially right now, you're probably seeing a lot of like, how did this kid do this past semester? You know, um, especially if it's a kid who you, you were worried about academically for Mac Brown, the purpose is for him to evaluate, but what ends up happening is, and this is more of like a showing of interest, you know, mm-hmm. basically, you know, Matt Brown comes to your school, then clearly he's interested in, um, in whoever, like going to Christ school, clearly Mac Brown is expressing, Hey, Caden Jones, Hey, Khalil Connolly, UNC is really interested in you sort of thing. So now, will he visit, like, you know, there was a tweet out there that he visited Asheville High School, which doesn't have any kids that UNC has offered. You know, uh, Mac's going to make his rounds to other schools, too, that don't necessarily have recruits. But the the purpose of him spending some time in the mountains on Monday was to go by Christ School and to make sure that Caden Jones and Khalil Connolly knew that UNC was was really interested in him. So Mac and, and obviously other head coaches can visit as many schools as they want, as they can get to in the three-way period here at January. Yes, yes. They only visit each school once. Yes. Each prospect once. Yes. You, you saw, you saw um, Kirby Smart helicopter in to Providence Day. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think, so yeah, yeah. You're seeing a lot of high head coaches fly around. So they're trying to hit up as many schools as they can. Um, and obviously they're prioritizing prioritizing the ones with the recruits they're going after interested mm-hmm. in. But but while they're in that area, they may hit up some schools that traditionally have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, like like stopping by Asheville School mm-hmm. or Asheville High School. This thing is so unstable. Um all right. Yeah. So let's see anything else on that. And then the assistant coaches. Um same. Yeah, thing. so the, I mean there there's um they're, they're just checking in with guys like before, like, like I mentioned before, the contact period actually began back in, um, I think it was November, maybe it was December. Um, and some of that is more like maybe a little bit of babysitting of your commits because they haven't signed yet. But some of it mm-hmm. also is explain to them, hey, here's the letter of intent. This is what you got to do to sign it. This is when we need it by. This is what you have to do to get it to our compliance department, that sort of thing. They'll also, for contact visits with seniors, they can go out to eat. They can go to their house. Mac Brown can go to their house and spend time with them. I mean, Mac Brown's basically done with his in-home visits, but he did last week go in-home with um, Jordan Louie, um, who signed, but it was more of like, you know, um, this is what we do for our sign for our, our commits. So, you know, let's spend some time with you sort of thing. Yeah. And um, so assistant coaches are visiting as many schools as they can. Same thing. Yeah. Evaluate, so like evaluating, right. talking to coaches. Yeah. Um, so let's let, let's take Tommy Thickpen for example. One of his main areas is Charlotte. So, uh, for the entire eva- evaluation period, which, like I said, began before the holiday dead period, he's visiting those schools, as many schools in the Charlotte area as possible. Yeah. And spending time with those coaches. Not only talking about current targets, but who do you have in the pipeline? Who do you have coming up from JV that I should keep my eye on? Who who had a good year this past year? That sort of thing. And then also just building those relationships. That's that's part of it too. Building relationships with the head coaches, with the with the defense coordinator there, the position coaches get to know everybody. So when if they do have a guy, they'll know about them. They'll have a good foot in. All right, great. Clear that up a little bit there. All right, let's move on. So I think. Off of the visits this weekend, of course, UNC played NC State in basketball on Saturday. UNC hosted a lot of recruits um, that day, this weekend. A big one, and you wrote about him, is 2024 quarterback Jaden Davis out of Providence Day High School. Now, we haven't talked about him much, but um, as as the calendar turns, we're going to focus on him a lot more. Um, Jaden Davis visited UNC. You talked to him on the phone. 
Um, he has a new uh, guy recruiting him in Chip Lindsey as Phil Longo moved to Wisconsin. Um, generally, where does UNC stand with him? What do you think about his recruitment? Um, and uh, yeah, let's start there. So I, I think we need to start way back. Um, and I felt like for a l- the longest time that North Carolina wasn't much of a, of a, I guess, challenger in this recruitment, you know, and Michigan had, had pulled ahead to, to build a pretty significant lead. And many believe that, that he was on track to commit to Michigan. But I think that with everything that has been going on at Michigan, it has caused him to kind of take a step back and look at things. Um, the problem with when you talk to Jaden, super nice kid, but he is extremely polished when it comes to dealing with media because this is a kid who I actually met the first time he was a freshman. He repeated this, the, I think, oh no, I'm sorry. He repeated uh, the first time he was an eighth grader or yeah, he repeated a grade. So, so okay. he, he actually should have been, he should have been a 2023, 2023 recruit. Um, but I, I met him before he reclassified. And so he's been in this process a long time, has done thousands of interviews and he has a down pat. He, he doesn't want people to know what he's thinking. He doesn't want people to know what he's doing. And he does a really good job of not showing his cards. So um, when you talk to him, I asked him a bunch of different questions, trying to get an idea of just what, what schools are in his head. He's not going to name schools. But if I say, if I name a school, I, I feel like if I named you know Hawaii, he would have given me some glowing praise about Hawaii. But with all that said, um, I, I think North Carolina is probably more of a, a player in this in this recruitment than they were, you know, four months ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not and, saying, and that, that's become because of Michigan kind of falling out think, a little bit. Yeah, I think it's I think it's mostly that, and, and then also you have I think he's starting to realize that for a while there, I think he relied a lot on relationships, and then he's seeing how all these coaches are leaving. You know, I mean, we we went through it like. You know, Clemson was a school. They they just changed OC. UNC just changed their OC. Michigan just fired their co-OC. Um, you know, Ohio State was in it, and then they you know, and then they dropped out because they got a commitment, and they're back in it. And there's all these changes going on, and he's realizing that it's caused him to give a little bit of pause and be a little bit more careful, and maybe approach things a little bit differently. Yeah, maybe commit more to the school versus to yeah. a coach. What happened at Ohio State? With with him, with the the quarterback recruit, the um the kid I can't remember his name I can't think of Dylan. Uh, his brother was a quarterback at Nebraska. I can't remember his last name, but anyway, he was committed to Ohio State and then he decommitted. And he he's basically the top quarterback in the nation. Um, and I think twenty four. Twenty four, yeah. And okay. so he decommitted. I think in December. And so now Ohio State is is getting back involved with with Jaden Davis. Okay. Um. Okay, in-state kid lives in South Carolina. Yeah. So, born in Georgia, born and raised in Georgia, he lives in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Anyone who's a Charlotte area, Fort Mill, even though it's in South Carolina, is, is basically Charlotte. So, yeah. um, he uh, and he and he attends school at Providence Day School. Yeah. So this is this is, I guess, technically not an in-state kid, but he does attend an in-state school, and he's not originally from this area. So he, you definitely, I never got the, you always when you talk to Sam Howe and when you talk to Drake May, you always got the feeling of playing in-state means playing for North Carolina sort of philosophy and how that there is some value in that even when drake was committed to alabama even when sam was committed to florida state you still they they mention that you don't get that from Jaden davis yeah um not like a true true native um okay you know this guy's ranked Jaden davis as as many subscribers know and listeners podcast probably know well aware of this guy about six foot tall 192 so not a massive player not a massive guy in terms of his size Ranked number 15, let's do the composite. Number 19 in the nation, number three quarterback, number one in the state, 24-7 sports composite five-star. I mean, is he just, is he an elite prospect, game changer? Like, 
is he a no doubt stud in college? Oh, this is you're trying to get me into trouble. Um, I, you know, that's a very basic question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he's a very good player. Um, do I think he's a five star, which is what the nineteenth ranking would imply? You know, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen that from him. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm not trying. I think when I say that, everyone assumes I'm saying he's a bad player. I mean, you know, if 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 I say someone's not a five star, that that could mean that they're a high four star, which in translation for the 24-7 sports ranking is like a second or third round NFL draft pick, which is pretty significant. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think um, he's a good player, but I don't know if he's a five star from what I have seen of him. Why not? <laughs> um, I think, um, yeah, just, I mean, there, there's, there's certain things, you know, you mentioned his size. Um, and I know that we've seen some quarterbacks, similar stature, have good careers, but um, I don't know. I don't think he has the mobility that those guys have had. Um, and, and you throws a good ball, but could be better. I think that, you know, his stats are amazing, but I mean, he has two, One's a four-star, one's a high three-star receivers he's throwing to. The other guys he's throwing to, one's Chris Peel, who's going to Georgia as a defensive back. The other one is Brody uh, Barnhart, who has a bunch of uh, – who is a safety, but clearly at the high school level, you know, a college safety is a really good receiver. Uh, they play – some of the competition they play is really good, and then some of the competition they play is really, really, really bad. So um, yeah, stats what- are a little bit padded. What but league are they in? Are they they are in the N was the NCISAA league, which is the independent league in North Carolina, but it also includes a Georgia school. Um, that is it all uh, private? Is it all private schools? All private schools. Okay. But they did play. They did play Weddington earlier in the season um, last year. But some so it's like they play Charlotte Christian very good school has some legit prospects. They played Weddington, which actually they had a. They had a down year last year, relatively speaking. I mean, this is a you know regular state championship team, but some of the other schools they play just aren't very good schools. Um, so like, I feel like his his stats a little padded from that. Um, but again, I mean, it, it's it's like it sounds like I'm talking about this kid is is this terrible player? But no, I mean, I think he's I think he's a very good player. I really do. I mean, I think he's a le- legitimate four star guy for sure. Yeah. But like you know. Okay, so uh, what do you think UNC's chances are? Like, is there any just basic j- statement you could say on on that? Like, it's so you, it's so, so hard. Should it's UNC so fans get their hopes up? Type situation. Yeah, I wouldn't. Just... I wouldn't get. I wouldn't get my hopes up. I definitely would not. Um, I think though we're at kind of like a um, a point where we're trying to figure out. I think we got to watch to see what he does coming up. And the the thing that kind of stinks is that. We just have this weekend, and then February is dead. So he obviously is not going to go anywhere in February. So we have to kind of wait until March and April to see what visits he takes, what moves he makes. I know he wants to be done with the process and get it and, and move on, but um, yeah, I just it's it's so hard to tell just what's going what's going on, and you know, is is horrible because he talk, he says that he talks to horrible all the time. Is he? doing a good job of mending the fence. And even though they lost their co-offensive coordinator, the other co-offensive coordinator apparently is much more well-liked and is, is more um, more say in the offense. So maybe losing the co-OC is not that big of a deal. Um, but then again, you got to worry about the whole NFL flirtations with Harbaugh every single year and, and worry about losing your head coach, which dramatically changes your program. Yeah. Um, then you have Ohio State. I mean, if I were him, I would have some hurt feelings about that. But, hey, um, who knows? And then you have Clemson, which is right down the road, which you know, strangely doesn't seem like is much of a factor, even though he mentions Clemson a lot. So I don't yeah. know. Interesting one to follow. I guess the good sign for UNC fans is that Chip Lindsey has made inroads. He visited yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. They seem to have a relationship. I think I saw a quote where – you know, he feel even maybe a strong relationship with Lindsay than he had with Longo. Um, so there we are. Briefly, how, how would you describe UNC's quarterback recruiting situation right now? Um, with with Chip Lindsay coming in as a new offensive coordinator, completely changes the board. 
any names to drop that UNC fans should know. We'll get into this more um, on the next episode, but a brief look at at UNC's quarterback board for 24. Yeah, so the only quarterback that North Carolina is recruiting who Lindsey didn't actually offer is Jaden Davis, which we just talked about. The I think it was either the first or second day that he was in office, he offered KJ, KJ Jackson from Alabama, who we're going to have a story on probably by the time you listen to this, we'll have a story up on, on KJ Jackson. He visited also on Saturday. And then Jake Merklinger from Georgia, who is a little bit higher profile guy. Um, he visited actually two weekends ago. Doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. I have not been able to get up with him yet. It's difficult to kind of grasp just where his mind is at um, mm-hmm. because he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews, but a lot of people are talking about Tennessee with him, maybe Michigan State. Um, but so they're involved with those guys. I think if we're like placing betting odds on these three right now, the, the best odds for North Carolina are going to be on Jackson just okay. because of the situation. But um, I don't think North Carolina is out of it with any of the, the other two either. Okay. So three names there. No, we'll get into that a little bit more on the 2024 preview, which also should get pumped to gap pumped about for the next episode all right let's move on uh briefly this is just a name that i feel like i've been hearing about for four years um jonathan paler visited unc uh over the weekend he's been to unc so many times he's from uh the burlington it's cummings right yes coming high school yeah what's the deal with him um just briefly on, on Paler. Yeah, so he has he is actually I, I kinda I know I know some fans and it is it does get a little bit ridiculous when you come up with a top twenty list at some point, but he has followed it so methodically with um having a top twenty, then having I think it was a top sixteen, and then um he came out with a top ten, I think it was in November, and then he's going to, to cut that down to um God, I can look at my notes. What is it? I think it's I, – I have so many guys in my head. I think it's a top five. Let's see. Uh, do you have it in front of you? So um, this Because I know this is terrible. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Don't say anything then. <laughs> Where the hell is he at? I'm here. Um, anyway, he's going to cut it down again. Okay. And, and so – I. I like that he's um, – so he's going to cut it to – oh, that's right. He's going to cut it to an eight. So he's going to cut it to an eight after the indoor track season, and then he's going to do it, cut it to a five after that. And I think he kind of gives you a good idea. I get it. He's playing games. But because he's he's doing it so methodically, I think it's kind of helpful. I mean, we the, the thing is with him, regardless of who he cuts and all of this sort of stuff, the main schools in this recruitment are North Carolina, NC State, Clemson maybe you could throw Alabama in there I think the distance hurts them maybe there's another school that that kind of um you know piques his interest you know a a national contender sort of type that kind of jumps in and piques his interest but for the most part those are going to be the schools the um the pairing down that he's been doing is more window dressing than anything else but I I I admire the fact that he's being methodical about it and that's kind of where he's at he's going to take his officials and and then make a decision. Um, is he like a running back or like a slot receiver? What is he's like kind of a Swiss Army knife? What's the deal with him? So so in high school, he's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. I think from I feel like he's growing, he's filling out so well, and and this is a kid who spends so much time in the gym. Like every time I text him, he says, "Hey, I'm going to call you at such and such time because." I'm, I'm working out now, and that's when it's done. Like, every single time, he's always working out. And he definitely looks it when you see him. Um, but he um, – I think he's filling out to be more of a running back. But North Carolina still views him as a slot guy and throws comparisons his way of Josh Downs. And he right. could definitely do that. I, I just – from my – from what I've seen of him, I, I feel like he's a running back. Okay. Where do you think he commits? I don't know. I think this can go in a lot of different ways. Um, I know everyone wants to discount NC State, but I think that's a legit option. I think it would not surprise me to see him at NC State. It would not surprise me to see him at Clemson. I think that appeals to him. 
I think staying in the triangle area, you know, whether it be North Carolina or NC state definitely appeals to him too. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think those three are the main ones. Man, UNC, if, it, if they're in Alamance County, that's got to be UNC territory. You know, that is a 30-minute drive, less. Um, same with Guilford County. I mean, you got to – those are two of the – you know, you're, you're still pretty – UNC is a lot closer to Greensboro and Burlington than, than Raleigh. I mean, I know it's not that much of a difference, but, like, since there's not much talent in Orange County, you've got to make Alamance County and, and, and Guilford County kind of your area. I agree. And I think North Carolina has. I mean, they, yeah, they've, yeah. we talked about the Mac Brown stuff in Burlington. So the fir- in January, Mac Brown's first stop on um, what was that? I think I can't remember what day. I mean, it was a Friday. I think it was. He went down to Charlotte Providence Day School for reasons that we kind of talked about. Right. Second day, he went to Burlington Cummings and Greensboro, um, Grimsley High School to see uh, Ross Martin. Um <laughs> And so, uh, so yeah, so, I mean, and Lonnie Galloway has been at Cummings High School as much as, as he is permitted. There you go. Okay, great stuff there from Don. We're just flowing through here. Um, okay, is there anybody else, any note from your weekly scoop and the weekend that you want to touch on? I know there's the Grimsley targets that I have interest in. There's the two wide receivers they offered a defensive end tied in Bryce Davis. Um, Yeah, I don't want to give, I mean, there's a ton in there. I don't want to give away too much. I do think it's kind of, you know, Grimsley got to give credit to, you know, coach Daryl, Daryl Brown over there and um, the rest of his staff. A lot of those guys have been with him uh, for a long time, not just at Grimsley, but, but his prior, uh, prior stops. Um, And they've just had a, great job of, of keeping this this train kind of rolling you had travis shawl then you had ray um well there wasn't one i guess in that next class although they had some really good um underclassmen i mean i'm sorry smaller school kids you know, this class the 2024 class you have two wide receivers alex taylor and Terrell anderson the next class you have uh, Bryce Davis at North Carolina just offer, and he has a Georgia offer. He has a bunch of other offers. Then you have in the 2026 class a quarterback who has offers from I think NC State just offered him, Louisville just offered him. Um, I think I think ECU offered him a couple other schools. I imagine he's. I mean, obviously being this young and having those offers, he's going to get additional offers. I mean, this is a kid who has um, helped uh, helped his team uh, go go to the state championship they lost but they played in the state championship so um so he'll get more offers but yeah so what i'm basically saying is it's just amazing just how grimsley is continuing to build the program and to produce recruits in every class is that freshman quarterback i don't did he even start this year though so they platooned they had a senior and they platooned with with the two of them i don't i think they what's, did what's like his, what's his name um is it facing um I don't have them in front of me. Okay, I'll look it up. Uh, okay, cool. Answering, yeah, Grimsley blowing up. When I was in school, we didn't win a home game in four years. So now they're now they're competing for state titles. All right. Um, anything else, Don, from the scoop? You want to touch on anything else? Anything else recruiting? I mean, we you you came on on the beat to talk about Dre Bly leaving. All right, this is a good topic. Dre Bly and UNC parted ways. They have hired. Um, dude, what's his name? It's like the most common, it's the most common we, name ever. We are like going brain dead. We are both brain dead this morning. What's and the, I've been drinking coffee, so I don't know what's going on. What's the new quarterback's coach's names? Um, right, hang on, hang I don't on. Know. Jason Jones. Jason Jones. Yeah. Uh, anything about him that that's going to say put Jim out? Jones? Yeah, I mean it's and, the most normal. It's the most basic name. Anything that stands out from that hire that, that maybe perked your interest when you heard it? He's coached a lot. He's coached in the SEC, Big Ten, been around the block. He's obviously spent one year with Charlton Warren in Indiana. He's coached safeties. He's coached cornerbacks. Um, he's been a co-defensive coordinator. Um, what, yeah, what stood out or, or what perked your interest when you, you heard that he was going to be UNC's new cornerbacks uh, coach? I, I mean – I guess just the fact that 
he clearly, you know, Charlton Warren clearly had some sort of influence here because of they have the connection and um, they worked together. I'll bet for just one season, but um, it was fairly recently. So clearly Warren wanted to work with him again. And I think that, you know, speaks highly of just uh, Warren's thoughts on uh, Jason Jones. Um, beyond that, you know, um, from a recruiting standpoint, not a name that, you know, I've heard from recruits. Um, and some of that is because he hasn't been in this area yeah. recruiting a whole lot. Um, but we, what I mean by that is, you know, when I talk to recruits and, you know, we they, they bring up other other coaches, other recruiters' names all the time. And that, that's just not a name. Although Jason Jones is so ba- so um, such a basic name that maybe maybe I have and I just didn't remember it. Yeah. Okay. Enlightening stuff there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'd never heard I'm of sorry that. Sorry I couldn't provide more. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, yeah, what, you, let me let me ask you. I mean, the the changes. So you get rid of Dre Bly, and I mean, I that seems like it's it. I mean, I think everyone kind of thought, or maybe they hoped that uh, Tim Cross would be gone. Also, is yeah, are we done? I, I, I mean, I, Greg's column that it published yesterday I, I, says the defensive staff is is set. I've actually not read it this morning. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was some thought that you would bring in a, a defensive ends coach to coach the edges and then let Charlton Warren have the secondary. That's not the case. So, um, they're going with a quarterbacks coach and then I guess Warren will coach the secondary and safeties in general as part of his defensive coordinator role. So you, you know, think it's group- a good move? Just be, that being your, you know, trade down Trey Bly? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think the cornerbacks and safeties should be coached together in the same position room. And maybe they will be. Maybe it's kind of like Warren's running the room just like with Bly. And then when it comes to technique and drills, you have Jason Jones work with them on that kind of stuff, um, individual cornerback stuff. But that, that group's got to improve. It's got to get better. You have two. I've been reading um, Jason Staples' um, transfer insight stuff. Have you looked at any of that? Yeah, so I looked at some of the video stuff. He's done a really good job with it, by the way. Yeah, and, and Tommy's been transcribing, and Tommy's been doing those breakdowns with Jason, and so I've been reading those as well. The the, the quotes are free. I think the video is VIP. Um, and to- the video uh, Jason, is great. Jason goes in depth, breaking down each transfer, probably halfway through now, but he's done uh, the, the Chapman kid from Virginia and then Eliza Huzzy. I mean – Jason's super high on Eliza Huzzy. Says he could yeah. be a first-team All-ACC guy coming out of East Tennessee State University. So there's a um, uptick in talent. It seems uh, from the transfer portal combined with Marcus Allen, Legend Cavazos. So that group's got to get better. Um, so does defensive line. Like just, I mean, this is. I feel like last year was even like kind of the put up or shut up time. But you know, this is it. You have Drake May. You have um, in the last skill positions, and the defense just has to just get better. Defense has to be like middle of the road at least, um, and make some plays and and stop some offenses. So it's a it's a big moment for the defense, and I don't know they they're like la- bottom you know bottom ten in sacks, um, yeah. like just some horrible stats in in terms of pressure and stats um, for for sacks and TFLs and quarterback hurries and all that stuff. Can I mean? I know that this is maybe more rhetorical than anything, but I mean, can it get better with the same coach that you've had for a while at, at defense and the same offensive coordinator that you've had, I guess, going into the second year? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the the one thing you could spin it is that Chiswick will have another year to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, get his system in and, and really understand the talent he has. And, and same with Warren, you know, the second year. Maybe they take a, a little jump under that leadership. But, yeah, there hasn't been a huge amount of development. I, I am worried um, that they may, you know, there's a chance they waste Travis Shaw. You know, it's a realistic yeah. thing. Like, if he doesn't develop and and get the the coaching and, and develop it he needs, you have this five-star top ten recruit that isn't, you know, you're seeing how good Dexter Lawrence is in the NFL. And I don't know, but Dexter Lawrence may have been a little bit better recruit than Travis Shaw 
a little bit better athlete, but um, same kind of level of recruit, at least in terms of rankings. And so you want to see that development. I'll be, I'll be interested to track Travis Shaw's uh, fitness and weight loss this, this, this uh, off season as well. Yeah. I think the, the one thing though, you mentioned Travis Shaw, but there, UNC has signed a lot of blue chip defense alignment under Mac Brown and have any of them reached their potential? Yeah, I mean, I, I point to a guy like Javar Ritzy. I mean, he is. Uh, I mean, he might be the exception, but I mean, well, I, I don't know. He, he's been good. I yeah, he's been, he... I don't think he's been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's starter quality, but uh, I remember talking to Steve Wolfong about this guy was like elite, yeah. elite in terms of athleticism. Wolfong loved him. Yeah. Yeah, and well, look, is this Javar is entering his third year, but. Based on where he was as a recruit, you know, you would think this guy would be a sack monster. I mean, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even know. Or if even got... well, what about like Des Evans? I mean, I guess my thing is, is like you have busts all the time. That's just it's just how it is. You're going to have busts. But I think that when you sign a bunch of blue chips and they all are busts, you know, I don't know. I think. I don't know. Yeah, KJ Binkley, Bingley Jones, um, injuries. You know, Miles mm-hmm. Murphy was really good last year, twenty twenty one. He might be um, the exception, but he he struggled with injuries this year and and was not as productive. I mean, Mac was talking about him going to the NFL after this year. Yeah. He'll be back. Uh, Jabari Ritzy, Desmond Evans was a big time recruit. Desmond Evans got injured. You know, he was he was getting to the point where he was making a step. Um, and then he got injured, and then Travis Shaw. I think those are the big names there. Um, so you expect, I would think, Travis Shaw starts next year and splits time with with uh, the nose tackle this year, um, KJ Hester. Uh, yeah, Kevin Hester. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Hester. So we'll see. And then you have Javari Ritzy and Miles Murphy. So they got the bodies again, and, and hopefully Desmond Evans can get healthy. I'm not exactly sure what his injury was. All right. Anything else, Donald? No. Just wish me luck. Yep. Don's heading to court. <laughs> going against, I, I, you know, hopefully the the judge is like, are you Don Callahan from Inside Carolina? The yeah, that would recruit, be great. Recruiting and just guru. Throw, throw it out. Throw it out. I've been reading your scoops for, you know, three years now. <laughs> Can you imagine? All right. Appreciate you all listening, guys. Rate, review, and subscribe really helps us. Appreciate Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Make sure you subscribe and turn on alerts for the YouTube channel, all our podcasts now, our video form and audio form. We will uh, be back in two weeks with the 2024 preview. Get pumped for that. Um, And that's it for us for the scoop. Good, Don? I'm great. All right. See you guys later. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.